Hello, and welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 46, The Devil Wears Prada. Hello, Kristen. Hi, David. Hi, Hallie. Hello, David. And hello, listeners. The Devil Wears Prada is a 2006 comedy drama film based on Lauren Weisberger's 2003 novel of the same name. It stars Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Stanley Tucci, Simon Baker, and Emily Blunt. The film was more or less popular with critics, with most especially charmed by Meryl Streep's performance, which earned her both an Oscar nomination for Best Actress, which she lost to Helen Mirren in The Queen. Judy Dench was also up for an award. That's like a 2006, man. That, that was, was a, that was a lot year. of like yeah. acting powerhouses yeah. all up for one award. Yeah. Um, it also won her a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. It was much more popular among audiences than with critics, grossing $326 million off of its $41 million budget, making it the 12th highest grossing film worldwide in 2006. What was number one? Oh, I didn't look it up. Damn. But this was number 12. All right. Big all right. one, two. The big one, two. Yeah. It's also one of the most expensively costumed films in history with costume designer Patricia Field stating that at least $1 million worth of clothing was used in the film, including a $100,000 necklace for Meryl Streep. If uh, you're more interested in the costuming, there's a really good section on the movie's Wikipedia page that I recommend reading. It's it, it's not, like, super long, but it is, like, pretty good and in-depth about all of the costume stuff. I will read that. Because I was excited to see all the looks in this if only because i was like what did we think was high fashion and good in 2006 because gauchos were worn in 2006 and what's a gaucho oh david (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna learn right now okay well you look that up in case it's been a while since you've seen it the devil wears prada follows andy Sachs a recent Northwestern graduate who moves to New York in hopes of becoming a journalist. When she can't find work at a newspaper, she applies to Runway Magazine, a leader in the fashion industry, run by the, let's call her demanding, publishing icon Miranda Miranda Priestley. The job is hell and keeps Andy on call at all hours, putting strain on her friendships, her family, and her relationship with her boyfriend Nate as she slowly becomes devoured by the world of fashion journalism and eventually fashion itself. It all comes to a head when she is chosen by Miranda to accompany her to Paris for Fashion Week as a replacement for Miranda's first assistant, Emily, who has been dying to make the trip for months. Andy has to choose whether her job or her ethics come first, and the choice is not as clear-cut as it sounds. A fashion makeover, an onion bagel, and a chunky cerulean sweater, the devil wears Prada. I wouldn't call that sweater chunky. It was just cerulean. It was kind of... Gauchos! Oh. Yeah. The, the shoes or the pants? The pants. I suppose I should have specified that. I kind of like gauchos. Gauchos, the thing is, I'm really sure are very comfortable. Yeah. And there are some insta- instances in these pictures where, like, they don't look too bad. Like, this woman, she's wearing them very well. That looks like a great outfit. But there are some pictures, this one feels very 2006. Gauchos. This is what I was expecting to see them be like, 
Yeah. What a look I on the runway, and then I was gonna laugh. Need a different shirt with that one. This is I know this is really helpful for uh, our <laughs> listeners who are not seeing look, these pictures. They remind but... me of these pants from Castle in the Sky. I really like her. No, outfit. those are there. Those are there's a name for those. <laughs> <laughs> they're not gauchos. They're not gauchos. Oh, no, they're poofy at the bottom. Because part of the thing about gauchos is that they pants? are. I because hammer pants are poofy. They're very but they're similar like... to hammer. Right. I've never heard. I've never pants. heard the term hammer pants. Let me just Google that real quick. They're they're the kind of pants that MC Hammer wears. Yeah, and uh, I've seen them. Can't touch this. No, because these are definitely hammer pants. Those are worse these, than of, what I than what I sent. <laughs> speaking of worse. MC Hammer, as we just were, we'll get yeah. back to the movie in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw him on a program. Maybe a year or two ago. He's he's like older now, but mm-hmm. like, man, he's a great dancer. Good he's for like, him. He's still super good at, at like, and I think he's like, I don't remember if he was classically trained. I looked this up, but MC Hammer, really good dancer, even even today I when he's in his fifties or sixties. I should have stuck with dance when I started with ballet because dancers are always in great shape and I feel like yeah at like 70 they could still outdance even like the most spry 18 year old yeah Yeah. as long as that 18 year old didn't know how to dance stuck with dance I took ballet as well and I have a vivid memory of one day being like mom uh when when is ballet and she was like it's today and I was like why am I not at ballet and she was like, because you didn't want to go. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just go next week. And she was like, no, today is the last lesson. And I was like, well, why haven't I been going to ballet? And she was like, I am asking you the same question. <laughs> you didn't want to go because I was in that phase where they were just paying whatever to see what I was interested in and none of it stuck, but they were non-refundable because I was a finicky child. Yeah. Yeah, so what I remember. Did you, what did you stick with? Uh... Your beanie babies around the house. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was smoke house. <laughs> I had I went through a, a little house in the big woods phase, and I put all my Beanie Babies in my bathroom, and then closed the door, and that was the smokehouse where I put all <laughs> the meat that I had hunted for winter. And then my cabin was in the basement, and my mom said that she called her friends at some point and was like, "Hallie made a smokehouse in the bathroom. Should I be concerned?" And her friends were like, "No, that's awesome. <laughs> like, let her have the smokehouse." <laughs> Okay, but none of my friends, none of my sisters liked having their friends over because they'd have to explain why they were like 12 beanie babies in the bathroom at all times. So that is what I did instead of ballet or tap class. And I took tap dance as well. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Smokehouse. 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 <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. Who, um, the personality quiz this week. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was aggressively... You knew exactly who you yeah. we were going to get. And I was still surprised, though. Right? Because I did not expect the person I got. But, like, one of the first questions is, what are you going to have for breakfast? And they mention all the different things that other characters have eaten. And you're like, well, we know how this is going to go. That they state they have eaten. And so I expected it to basically just tell me who I was going to get as I was doing it, but no, I was still surprised. Who did you get? I got, I'm not going to lie to you, I wanted Stanley Tucci. I did not get Stanley Tucci. I got Miranda Priestley, and it says, hold on, I have to like 
pause for dramatic effect, I guess. I don't know. They may call you a devil behind your back, but everyone knows that they wouldn't have jobs without you. They need your expertise, your vision, and your high standards to lead them. And no one could ever, or will ever, do it better than you. And they're not wrong. We do need your high standards, or else there would be no catching up to you. (laughs) Yeah. It's very true. Who else would tell you about gauchos? (laughs) No one. Hallie didn't. Did you also get Miranda? That's the look on your face. I also wanted Stanley Tucci, then I got Miranda Priestley. I got Stanley Tucci! No! (laughs) God damn it! I got Nigel. This office is your ticket. Your one shining chance to reach every job you've ever wanted in this city. No matter how many blood sacrifices you have to make to your boss, you'd still sell your soul to get your moment in the sun. One day, hopefully. That's me. That's <laughs> and then you. Screw you over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Throw you under the bus. I can't believe you won the personality quiz. I did. God damn it. I don't, I'm happy for you. I'm not saying that it's right that I'm Miranda, but also it's not wrong. I know I'm a picky person, and so when she was being very particular about things and like and they're work related, not just her being like, I want this for lunch, and then Andy gets it, and she's like, what are you doing? I don't want that. I'm going out to lunch. Like, not that sort of a thing, but work-related. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a very particular person, and I know that a lot of people don't like that. <laughs> so this not a fan. feels right. <laughs> I was reading two books, and I don't remember what books they were, but it was somewhat recently, and each book had a character who was a woman who was like the editor-in-chief of something and uh the characters weren't particularly likable and i was like oh is this how people see you if you want to be like the editor-in-chief of something because that doesn't bode well for me (laughs) so apparently i'm just unlikable and that's okay but i'm also somehow beth I am both <laughs> and Miranda Priestley I mean, at once. I think I'd give you Miranda Priestley over Beth. No, Beth is more fitting. No. I am the best of us. That's a flagrant lie. See, I got Miranda, but then I was thinking five minutes ago about how I was afraid to knock too hard on David's door. It was like, why did I get Miranda? I think about how I'm afraid to go new places because they'll turn me away at the door. I was like, no. I'm not Miranda Priestley. I don't know. There was that line in the movie that um, that Andy has about how um, if Miranda was a man, mm-hmm. the only thing anyone would ever talk about was like how good she is at her job and how she like keeps the whole boat running. Yeah. And that sounds a lot like what you were saying, Kristen. Yeah. I, I think... I mean, she is obviously both incredibly picky and seems like the worst to work for. Oh, absolutely. And, like, if... But if she were a man, like, I wonder if there would even be a movie, right? Like... They'd be like, that's what makes him that's such why, a visionary. Yeah, that's why that he's... he's so detail-oriented yeah. on these things. Patriarchy? Yeah. But I, I don't know why, but I know we're supposed to not like this moment or maybe I don't think we're not supposed to like it we're supposed to realize that Andy's kind of like out of her depth but when the woman holds up the two belts and she's like how are we going to choose their like identity or they look so, so different. different and Andy 
laughs a little, and then Miranda's like, okay, but you're wearing this sweater, and here's the whole history of how that came to be that felt like a very me thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, they call her the devil in this movie, <laughs> and she's the one we're not supposed to like, so that's how this is no. going to get set up for me. Yeah. But I, I think... She was definitely meaner than she should have been, and I would like to think that I wouldn't screw people over like she does. But at the same time, I did like when Andy went to, you said Stanley Tucci's character's name is Nigel? Nigel. I couldn't remember if he was Nigel or if that one blonde guy was Nigel. And she goes up to Nigel and is like, I don't get it. If I do everything right, she like doesn't acknowledge me, but if I do something wrong... I'm like on the verge of being fired and he's like you are not super invested in this job you come here because like you have to and not because you really want to be here and you're wondering why she doesn't give you like gold stars and I was like again Miranda takes it farther than she should but like I can see what he's saying so she 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 turns it up much more than it ever needs to be but I get it Hallie's like no <laughs> well <laughs> The scene, the scene where she, where where Andy points out that like yeah, patriarchy. If Miranda was a man, you know what we'd be saying is how good he is at his job. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, there's definitely some truth in that. It's just that like, I don't know. Miranda sucks. So like, there's some subjectivity here because it really bothers me that Andy sees. Miranda have one sympathetic moment where she's like sad because her husband's gonna divorce her mm-hmm. and that's a good scene it's just that like it's one time it's one time it's one time out and of months of working for her out of, yeah it's one it's one sympathetic scene and Andy just like completely turns and is like loyal to her for some reason and then um I really do like Nigel's speech because he has a point about Andy coming into work with that attitude but mm-hmm. the context in which she was yelled at was not being able to get Miranda a plane out of a out hurricane. of a hurricane right. so I was like I don't know like it's just like it's it's fun to watch somebody be terrible like I really like Miranda Priestley as a character yeah. I, really, I like that I enjoy the Devil Wars Prada it's it's fun but like I don't know I'm not saying she's a good person. I just feel like most people would immediately rate her as like five stars hate her so much if five is the most hate and <laughs> i would maybe be like three and a half or four stars like just i she still is bad and does many bad things and yeah she should have understood that no andy cannot fly her out because there's a hurricane but i don't know i, I maybe it's just because that she's an entertaining character and it is oh, kind well, of I mean, fun I to watch her. people be mean you don't ever want to deal with that person in real life no. But entertaining to watch. But like, it's like I, re- I really like. Uh, oh, so you think this has nothing to do with you? Because yeah. that's a gift people use, and yes. I really enjoy when they use it as a gift. Uh, Florals for spring, groundbreaking. Love it. Uh, Meryl Streep is, of course, excellent as always. I guess it just it feels like maybe I'm just mad at Andy for letting Miranda off the hook. And then they have that like smile that they share at the end, and it's like cute, and I like it. But I, it also just leaves me like I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't feel... I mean, I think when I watched it when I was younger, I don't remember when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's nice. They're on good terms. But again, watching it, I was like, Andy, she was so mean to you for months. 
And then you tried to give her a heads up about this thing. And then she screwed over Nigel, who is a good person. And then you left because you were essentially becoming her and you saw how bad that was. Well, not actually becoming her, but like, keep following down that trail and maybe one day you could be. And now she's just like, ah, yes, Miranda, my friend. And then Miranda also sort of smiled. And I guess Andy, like, you know, she had gumption and she like stood up to her and whatnot. Warmed her frozen heart or whatever. It still didn't seem like they were ever close enough to have had that sort of like smile moment. And I know that technically Miranda did not smile at Andy. She just looked at her and then got in the car. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It just leaves me with a lot of interesting, weird feelings. But maybe it's also because I get so stressed out watching The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I think that was my main takeaway. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I just, I hate watching people have really busy city lives in movies. I mean, I like watching it because it's, like, fun and exciting. But it all, like, I, I don't know. I get headaches a lot and I get really tired. <laughs> and, like, and like sometimes I'm easily ill and I don't want to do things. And so when I see people working, like, 12-hour days and answering phones all the time and, like, not being able to call in sick if you have a mic, I just, I don't know, it really freaks me out. And I don't like it. I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can separate, like, I'm watching a movie and not experiencing this, but it just, like, stresses me out. It gets under my yeah. skin. Yeah, I did feel really stressed about it. Like, I don't know. So, like, plot-wise, this is moving into the seeing it for the first time section. Um, plot-wise, it, it sort of felt like a movie that we'd seen before. Like, it's kind of tropey, and we've got already beautiful Anne Hathaway, yet again getting made over into an even more beautiful but now fashionable Anne Hathaway and like turning into the thing she hates and abandoning her friends and stuff like we watched it was like Princess Diaries it was like Mean Girls it was like you know those things we've seen it was a classic plot though Princess Diaries she doesn't turn into the thing she hates well but she gets she gets made over and her friends think she kind of sucks okay but maybe not. The thing that she, hates. <laughs> she does have another makeover. I'll agree with that part. I really, I really think that she sucks in that movie for a while. That was like an instance, though, of like triple booking herself and then being like, "I choose Josh." But it's more so like one instance of poor planning, I think. Whereas this, I don't know. It's been a minute. It's less that Mia Thermopolis was becoming a bad person and more like she had a lot on her plate and let some priorities drop. Whereas Andy Sachs was on the track to becoming a bad person, but I also feel like I would make all the choices that she made in that movie. So I always leave it feeling gross about that also. I don't know. It it does genuinely, when everyone's like, oh, you had a choice. Of course you did. I'm like, I I guess. She did. It doesn't really feel like she did in the moment, though. So I guess on the one hand, they make Andy sympathetic. And then I just get so mad at her when she's, like, defending Miranda to what's-his-face blonde boy. Christian. Christian, Christian, thank you. I don't get mad at her for defending Miranda because she's been working for her all this time. Yeah, I guess that's sort of like, okay, no matter who it is, you're just going to pull that rug out from under them, like... Miranda is not oh, well, likable, but before this bef- clearly is her life. Like, it ended several marriages, and she barely sees her children, and her life is so scheduled that you can see why it would be like, you're just going to take this away from her? 
Uh, b- That's her whole life. Before Andy knows about that, when they're oh. just, like, before they... Oh, just when they're at dinner and she does the whole, yeah. like, but if the guy was doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I remember thinking that, too, and being, like, I understand not well, wanting it, to, like, talk trash about your boss. It so I'm not saying she should just, like, unload, but you... It would have been interesting. I think it would have made more sense if they'd had some sort of scene where she was, like... It's a lot. It's very stressful. I have thought about quitting a couple different times, but I'm still here. And also, you know what? Patriarchy. The context of the scene feels like she's been talking about Miranda for a while, maybe. Yeah. Kind of like in Mean Girls, where she won't shut up about Regina George and everybody's yeah. getting sick of her. That was that was the vibe of that scene, and maybe that's why I don't like that line. And it makes me maybe upset. Don't know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, um... Oh, sorry. We completely cut you yeah, off. Yeah, we totally and then did. Oh, that's that. okay. Yeah, Go no, back. that's fine. Um, so, pretty tropey, but the performances are really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I like Meryl Streep, of course, and, like, just how soft-spoken she is while she's ruining people's lives all the time. Yes. And her nods and, like, lip pursing when she's at the fashion preview and just not, didn't destroy that person's career. He wound up okay, but, like, like destroyed his... He had to redo uh, yeah, his, do his whole, whole like mm-hmm. his whole thing, his whole thing, his whole collection. I thought Meryl Streep had fun. Yeah, yeah, and had to wear like a hundred thousand dollar necklace. Yeah, but that's also kind of a fun thing. Like, well, that's like, what I mean. I don't mean yeah. like had to. Like, what a burden. <laughs> Although, if I was wearing it, I'd be like, no one touch me. No one do anything. No one make sure that may- there can be no cords on the ground because I will trip. This will fall. It will shatter, and then also go down a sewer drain. Yeah. That spontaneously appears in the middle of this high rise office. Yeah. yeah. That's how yeah. it works. I did I did kind of enjoy that the movie was set in the world of fashion journalism too, which like I don't know anything about and like thought that I mostly didn't care about one way or the other. But like Nigel and Miranda both had speeches about like its importance and that kind of worked on me. Yeah. yeah. Kind of worked on me. Yeah. And it is in the end less of a movie about fashion than it is about like finding yourself and being true to who you are after some moral setbacks where yeah. your priorities get mixed up and all of that yeah it re- like really like final takeaway is that i was really stressed out <laughs> <laughs> watching it so i don't know i think it was it was like probably about a six like it's it's maybe below titanic but i certainly didn't hate it i just felt that maybe i wasn't quite the audience for it so i didn't appreciate the clothing and like the fashion world as much as other people might have like i don't know i liked i liked her sweater <laughs> you were, i like all the clothes that she wears before they like pick yeah them apart. and then she gets yeah and then she gets transformed and i'm like oh really is that better <laughs> i like her hair when she gets i like i like the sleek things I was trying <laughs> I was trying to decide because again some of these things are more like not quite it's not quite high fashion but it's definitely like fancier like no one's just going to wear this to their regular office job or like if you're a teacher you're not going to like go in front of a class and wear the things that she wears right. but I couldn't tell if it was meant to be like clothes we should all aspire to because the outfit at the end I really liked that just like her jeans loose jacket yeah. and like the black turtleneck but that seemed like you know she's stylish but it's much more like reasonable she's found a happy medium she's found a happy medium and I I 
don't know. I was trying to get a feel for all the other outfits. I'm like, if I had seen this movie at this age in 2006, would I have been like, these are incredible. Whereas instead there was some outfit she wore. Oh, it was when Emily Blunt's character. Oh, Emily. Emily. Conveniently yeah. named. Yeah. And her friend, who is an actual model, Mrs. Tom Brady. Um, Giselle Bunchen? I don't know how to say her know. name. I think that's right. And they were both like, oh, you look good. I remember being like, that's the outfit you're going to compliment her in? It's not even a good one. Which was my like unnecessarily kind of catty remark. Well, <laughs> like when you're by yourself watching Devil Wears Prada, you're like, yeah, I hate that outfit. It sucks. Like, it's, kind of, like, it's kind of fun to let yourself yeah. do that. Stanley Tucci like, pulls out the orange poncho and I'm like, I love orange. <laughs> and I love ponchos. <laughs> but, but is this what we want? <laughs> or, I, or I thought, you know, if it's done just right, and then I think I saw how it was done and was like, that's not it. That's not right. Yeah. I don't know. It was... Like, I don't know anything about fashion, but, like, it was a little bit obnoxious that everyone was all like, Anne Hathaway, you have no fashion sense when she shows up. And like, she looks fine. You're a size yeah. six. <laughs> I, yeah. hate, I hate the size well, jokes. Was, I hate them. Yeah. That was not good. You could tell that that was, like, before we had a stronger body positivity movement. <laughs> it's not that strong right now. So no, like, it's not that strong. But so like, when it was, like, really bad. I could, it, it seemed, though, like they were poking fun at it with Emily Blunt's character being like, you know, I'm on this diet where I don't eat anything except when I feel right. like I'm about to pass out, I eat a cube of cheese. I love the like, way she says it. Like, that's funny. She's like, I'm on it. I don't eat anything. Right. <laughs> like, it's this huge. So they're clearly, like, poking fun at things. But then at the same time, they have Anne Hathaway do the thing where Nigel calls her a six and she's like, four. And I'm like, let's not glamorize that. Yeah. Especially when you see how long she works and how she's running around and how they can't leave the desk to go take bathroom breaks. I know it's meant to be not this deep, but I was like, she probably went down a size because when does she have time to eat or do anything? It just, like, right. And I know that's when Andy is like a bad person, yeah. quote unquote. And that's where she's sliding into the whole thing. But I just like something about, it didn't work for me from that perspective. So I just didn't like that no part of it but like the emily gags i'll feel i really like when she's in the hospital room and she's just tearing off the pudding the cover to the pudding cup and like eating the whole roll like uh, like the emily jokes feel intentionally yeah. making fun of that kind of thing yeah um emily's one of my favorite characters she's great yeah emily and nigel are my top two but again her her eyeshadow when we first see her is like a lot of green so much and i remember thinking in 2006, were we supposed to like this and be like, oh, she looks like a runway model? I or was like, it also over the top at that time? Like, but high fashion has always been not quite even. There's like fashionable for like the normal person, and then there's high, high fashion. Yes. And like, I like all of Andy's outfits that are like the normal spectrum yes. of fashionable, like the cute black dresses and some of the heels. And like, I like the poofy one she wears in Paris. Like, that's fun. That's fun. And then, and then some of the like, there's, she wears like a checkered poncho and a matching newsboy cap that's like jauntily tilted. Turn and I really like jaunty hats, but this one <laughs> didn't work for me. Like, this is too much. This is too much matching. You've got the little purse that's dangling, but I don't like it. It's too it's, it's too much. So a lot of those were, I don't know, high fashion is super weird. That was always the thing, because I subscribed to a lot of magazines as a youth. Not like a lot, but like 
more than one, probably a couple. And in 17, they always did the thing where they're like, from the runway to the hallway. And it's like how you can grab these looks from like high fashion runway shows and incorporate them into your like wardrobe. And it was always something that like no one would wear. Yeah. They would give you like four different options and one of them would be tolerable, but you'd still have to like make a couple tweaks. And I... I know what they're going for, but I also wanted to be like, this is not Gossip Girl, where everyone does wear things from the runway. Yeah. This is this is Illinois. We wear like <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt. We wear. We go to Abercrombie and Hollister if Wait. you're like wealthy. Yeah, if you if you well off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm sitting here just listeners for context. Um. I, I'm wearing my basketball shorts and a t-shirt from the Hard Rock Cafe in Aspen, which, again, I was explaining this to Kristen and Howie, hasn't been a thing for, like, 15 years. <laughs> there has not been a Hard Rock in Aspen, Colorado. Um, so fashion is not really my thing. But, um, yeah, there were, there were a lot of shots of Andy wandering around New York wearing these clothes and I was just like is it because she's Anne Hathaway and like she's like the focus of our movie or is it just like she doesn't look like anybody else in the city because she's wearing this thing that's like fashion. It, it's, fa- it's fashion yeah. I guess but yeah. it, it's also like she sticks out so much is that like the point of it or like I don't know Do, are you guys into fashion at all like is that a I'm thing more that you follow? I used or? to be. I don't like, like when they were list, listing off all these different things and they talk about like the Hermes scarves or whatever, and I'm sure I still said that wrong. I, really? I don't know. I don't know what that is. I could not point out like a Gucci anything, but <coughs> I do enjoy, and this is the most like pop culture version of it, but I love looking at award show fashion. That's those and are fun. when people do the Met Gala. It's coming back next month. Oh. And I'm quite excited to see how that pans out. So I'm more into it than I used to be. But mm. this is still like high fashion world, which is not not what I do. Usually I'm just like Blake Lively tends to wear the best things. I hope she shows up here and I will probably like her dress. That's that's usually how it goes. But it was fun from that aspect of being like more into fashion than I would have been even like five years ago. I also, for context, I mean, I'm I'm wearing like black leggings and like a Baymax shirt that I got from the <laughs> boys section at Target. Like, I do not dress nicely, but you can be interested from the outside looking in. And I have I have this book called The Secret Lives of Color, and it tells you all about like little stories behind literally just different colors, and it's super interesting, which is probably why I did actually really like the part where she was talking about the color cerulean and how it yeah. worked its way down to her wardrobe. And again, she could have done it less less condescendingly, but fun little things like that. And I also when. And Hathaway laughed and was like, they're identical belts. I was like, no, they are not. The colors are very similar, but the buckle itself makes a huge difference. Yeah, I like, was like, those are different buckles, Ian. What are you, what are you? You use them for completely different scenarios. Like, like, Stop it. Come on. What did you think of the belts, David? 
I was I was with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, completely <laughs> like, different. Like these are these are pretty much the same belt, yeah. But yeah, like I I could appreciate some looks. I'm not going to wear the hat jauntily yeah. tilted to the side. Yeah. I see outfits on Pinterest, and I'm like, objectively looks nice. Not a thing I can uh, wear. But, like, it's not a thing that normal people wear, so it's a shame. Some of it is a shame. Like, I would love if uh, people had more fun with their clothes on a regular basis so that everybody else could have fun with their clothes and not feel weird about it. That Problem is, whenever I have fun with my clothes, other people think it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think it's fun. Like, did you did you vote? For the blazer on Twitter that I bought at Goodwill. I think I did vote for the and blazer. And did you vote that it was ugly? Yeah. 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 I sense that you would. Yeah. But I bought a blazer at Goodwill that I thought was really fun. And it's it's all the... It has red and blue and yellow and green. And objectively, it looks like the Microsoft logo threw off on the blazer. <laughs> so, like... It's not completely wrong, but I, I really like it. And I think it's fun. But that's the problem is that, like, you try to sometimes have fun, and it's just a little, little different. And it <laughs> doesn't... the problem is sometimes you ha- try to have fun. <laughs> sometimes you try to have fun. I yeah. thought it would just make me look too much like a science or math teacher. Okay. You should have worn it tonight. You should wear it for our next episode. I, yeah, will, you should. I, have a, I will not wear it for the next episode, but... I have the picture still on my phone, so when we post this episode, you can, yeah, I can show people my Microsoft Windows blazer. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a long-winded answer to your question about, do you enjoy fashion? <laughs> so, sorry about that. No, that's fine. Yeah. I used to, I used to, I, <laughs> when I was younger, I used to be above all that. Like Andy at the beginning, she's too cool for material desires and wants such as nice clothes and looking good. And then, uh, and then like late high school, early college happened. And then I became an anxious person and suddenly all of those things mattered to me like way more than they had. And, and so now I also just think that I progressively grew up to be less of a little shit. So then I became... (laughs) less like I'm a girl who reads books and doesn't like purses into like I'm a human being who has a myriad of interests and feminine interests aren't inherently bad no no so like watching Devil Wears Prada as an adult I was like I'm making an effort to enjoy the clothes and think like it's okay if like your thing is spending $500 on this pair of shoes like spend your money how you want everybody's got their vices so to speak but I was also in like Winnie the Pooh pajamas eating Chinese food watching this movie and I'm in like a Parks and Rec Animal Crossing crossover t-shirt right now so like that's 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 what I wear that's what I yeah yeah Oh, that's fun. I like. I, I I would wear some of the things that Anne Hathaway, but like the toned down yeah. things. I, I like some of the belts end. that Emily wears. I don't think I paid attention to a single the, like belt really Emily big belts. Wore. They're out of fashion now. They were very early mid two thousands. Have you seen that one video on Twitter about the girl like critiquing all the different fashions from the two thousands? 
We did no. so many layers all the time. Layers. Oh my god, yes. It would literally we wore jeans underneath skirts and dresses. Like yeah. I remember seeing like people show up to like the Teen Choice Awards with like the jeans under their skirts and being like, that's a good outfit. Yeah. Why? Jeans under skirts. That's not good. Uh you would like like the top shirt would be up here and then the cami underneath would be pulled out a little yeah. bit, and there'd be a third cami pulled out a, a little bit. One underneath that and it's just so warm and I get cold so I wear like a lot of layers but like it's just so much it's so much it was a lot I was definitely into the long sleeve t-shirt under short sleeve t-shirt yeah that's a classic that was a, th- yeah. that was a thing for you don't see that that often I feel like I thought yeah. of that maybe like two-ish months ago and I'm like when's the last time you saw someone do that I don't know I had a I showed you the picture of my band from my school. Yes. Yeah. Now you'll have to I share with all of the listeners. Oh sorry. I probably don't have to do that. Yes, you do. But you should. Listeners yeah. demand it. There's at least two people and maybe three <laughs> wearing the long sleeve t shirt <laughs> under the short sleeve t shirt. Yeah, that's a classic. And I've got I've got like khaki like cargo pants on that are like probably three sizes too big for me. It's and mostly like, I don't understand why everything was so large. The other day I was thinking I could go for a good pair of cargo pants. I would feel like Kim Possible and it would yeah. be fun. But pants back then were so there large. Was, yeah, I, there was a yeah. whole a whole thing. There were like Jenkos. Are you, you're probably too young to remember Jenko jeans. I think I have been told. Uh, I've seen pictures. But I did not like experience them personally. Just my older yeah. sister told me about them. Yeah, I never, I never wore them. But because I thought they were ridiculous, I thought they were kind of because they are. I wore a lot of corduroy though. They are corduroys. Like yeah, I still really like corduroy, and I'm waiting for it to come back. I it's too. I don't like how it feels. Like I liked corduroy when I was younger, and then and but now I just I don't like the texture. But um, yeah, Jenko was a whole was a whole thing. I don't know. Nineties were weird. Jenko jeans. Yeah. I would like them if they were capris. That is the wrong answer. No, like <laughs> up a little bit. Like I was thinking, I was so trying gauchos. to think of what those could be. Yeah, like gauchos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really like gauchos. Apparently, I would wear gauchos. Yeah. They looked like they looked like Julia's pants and Luca, and I really like Julia's pants and Luca. But it's like triangle pants. Meant to go no, I know they're more. ridiculous. They're silly. I know that real pants don't do that. I just like I just like that vibe. Yeah. I can't design. believe you saw the Jenko jeans and thought I would like them if they were shorter. Yeah. That's the wrong opinion <laughs> to have, like objectively. It's not though. To I each think their capris, own. That then could they be having fun with like fashion and then show up to work wearing those, please. I'll wear it the same day I wear my Microsoft laser. Fine. Okay. Get some Jenko jeans. I'm we're good. Goodwill. Well, These cool. have been dead for eons. You have to go on like eBay, I think. Um, here, let me just, let me just. Yeah. But they also looked a lot worse in person. Like, <laughs> like seeing, yeah, the, seeing, the, the, seeing the picture to... is like, that doesn't look great. But then like you actually see somebody like moving around oh, in them. I like, hate each, these more looking at, looking at, the more I look I just, at them. Each, each leg is like big enough for an entire person to I just in. feel like when you walk, it would just be like, that's why they should be shorter. Kind of. No, but I mean like, shush. okay, so my. I mean, I wore, I wore baggy pants, but I didn't wear like to that. 
level. I had this whole thing, though, about, like, friction of pants, and it sounds <laughs> weird, but, like, friction when of I, pants. Yeah, so, like, when I go to bed, I have to wear shorts to bed. It doesn't matter if it's, like, negative 10 degrees. I have to wear shorts to bed because I cannot stand wearing pants and then, like, having the the comforter and they have friction and so like my pants would like move one way but the comforter might move the other and then it just feels like it's pulling yeah you've told me and this before it makes yeah. me mad i don't understand <laughs> it how sounds you can. horrible and so i feel like these pants would just be like you're trying to walk forward but the pants are so loose that the other one would be trying like to pull it back and float in them yeah, yeah. That doesn't sound like fun. I borrowed I borrowed my high school girlfriend's little sister was into that sort of fashion. Mm-hmm. And I went to go see System of a Down once in high school. Nice. So I borrowed her little sister's pants because we were gonna both dress up <laughs> like we were like actual like scene kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I borrowed that they had like straps on the legs. God. That were, like nice. you could like connect them together or something. I don't know. They, they were like bondage pants. You could connect <laughs> this pants together? That just sounds like you're going to make people trip. You'd like yourself. Like yourself trip. Yeah. I wore, I wore that and I put glue in my hair. Like Elmer's glue and I spiked it up. Cause, no, Because we, we knew a kid that did that at high school that had a really big mohawk that stood up probably like almost a foot off of his head. But he used Elmer's glue and we were like, yes, let's do that with my hair. Is that what the emo kids did then? We didn't call them emo. That was later. That was later. But this is like, they were emo, but they didn't have the name emo for it. Kind of. Yeah. These were like... Interesting. Yeah. I'm not even sure that we had a name for them. They were just kind of like the the punk punk kids. Punk kids. But... Like, would these count? No. Like, those are fine. Those are fine. I like these. Yeah. Those are tolerable yeah. pants. These are, are, are jeans. Uh, modeled off of sailors' clothing in the late 18th century, according to the first <laughs> paragraph. Yeah. And the color. Are... These are nice, right? The those color is sun-faded ice fog destroyed. What? Sun-faded ice fog destroyed? Yep. The sun-faded ice fog destroyed. That's they, a lot. They just strung five words together for that one. Yeah. I don't know, pant clothing in general too. It's hard because again, so many there's a stop it. Uh, there are so many things that you can like objectively on other people, but then you put it on yourself. Like I, I tried on boyfriend jeans on a month or two ago, and I like how they look on other people, and they did not look good on me. And I couldn't tell if they actually boys. didn't. Or if it's just like I am so accustomed to wearing skinny jeans because that is what I've worn for the last several years of my life that my brain just like sees other pants and doesn't compute. But it's hard because that was so much of even Andy's outfits that like were more high fa- high fashion and I liked them more. I was still like I, I couldn't wear those. That's not my self-expression. What are boyfriend jeans? Oh, they're fun. I'll show you. They're like uh, a looser fit. Yeah. They're meant to be like, I borrowed these from my boyfriend. Oh, that yeah. makes boyfriend, sense. Boyfriend, like, style. I, I generally like the boyfriend style clothes. That's what I go for. Whenever I put them on, though. Not for you. Don't look good on Kristen. Yeah, there are a lot of things that I like, but not Oh, that not reminds me. me. This has nothing to do with anything. We might just cut this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen um, the AV Club Undercovered series? 
Have you ever watched that? They it sounds get, vaguely they familiar. They get, like, bands, usually kind of, like, more indie bands, yeah. to come into their studio and do covers of, like, they make a big list of, like, I don't know, 20, 25 songs. Mm-hmm. And it's first come, first serve. So if, like, you're a band that's touring through Chicago, because I think that's where the indie club is, yeah. um, you get to pick a song off the list and do that cover, and then it gets crossed off so no one else can do that. Oh. And they have a whole, like, video <laughs> series of like people doing that and what's this called av undercovered i will text myself but um there's one by um it's sharon van etten and the band shearwater who i guess were touring together at the time but they do a cover of um stevie nicks and tom petty's um stop dragging my heart around that is like you just have to watch we should like watch it right now (laughs) we could take a pause but it's like if you looked up sexual tension <laughs> in, the, in the dictionary, that's this video. I I had I decided that I do have a type after all, but it's specifically uh-huh. Sharon Benetton from like ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna that. So that's your type. Anyway, she um I was I was talking about this with a friend, and he described that video as his favorite erotic thriller. <laughs> <laughs> it was very intense. It's like Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga when they sang that Shallow song at the yeah. Oscars. Everyone was like, they're not faking. You can't fake that kind of attention. Yeah. I'm trying to decide which picture of boyfriend jeans I want to show you because not all of them are distressed, but I feel like the the look lately is to wear is, the distressed yeah. version. So distressed just, just means you've got holes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boyfriend jeans, but like a little looser fit. I feel like I often see them cuffed at the bottom, mm-hmm. but they don't. Yeah. Do I like a good cuff? Like a good cuff. Boyfriend jeans. I put them on and it looked like trash, and that's what happened. <laughs> Oh, how did you feel about Emily's hair? I liked Emily's hair. I thought, oh, she's got really cute hair. My mom did not want to watch the movie, but she saw it as she walked by. And she was like, I really like her hair color. And that hairstyle, like, works really well. And I'm like, interesting. Because I was just watching and I'm like, I bet Hallie's going to be like, I like the hairstyle and the color. Maybe not the color, but... I, I looked, I was like, Emily Blunt, Devil Wears Prada, hair. <laughs> I liked it. I saw this coming. Yeah, you did. I did. I like her hair a lot. She had good hair. Although mm-hmm. there was one time it was like weirdly swept back and like meant to be styled that way. Yeah. Not like she was in a rush. And I was like, what are you doing? Again, high fashion or just... Hard to, it's hard to know. It's hard, it's hard to, tell to sometimes. know sometimes. Yeah. You definitely, when you're into high fashion, you definitely make a make an appearance. You make an appearance. For, your, uh, for yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of felt, everyone in the movie is just kind of awful, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was part of why I was really stressed out about it, is because it was just a bunch of, like, terrible, mean New York people. That might be yeah. it, too. Stanley Tucci was the best, but even then, he still had several, like, meaner lines. Although I was looking at the IMDb trivia, and apparently 
I don't know if it was for, I think it was for the movie, but it could have been for the book. There were times where they would write people saying things, and I think someone was like, no one in that industry is that nice. You have to make them meaner. And so they had to go back through and make everyone sound meaner. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a fun industry to work in, man. Surely not. I hate it. Stanley Tucci was the best, but he still had several moments where you're kind of like, oh... Stanley, no. That's mean. Nigel, I guess. Like when she's getting the corn chowder. No, that sounded real good. I was like, could go for some corn chowder right now. I was like, man. (laughs) Wood eatable corn chowder. Happily. And then she picks up bread and he's like, hmm. And I'm like, let's not play into these very stereotypical women have to to eat salads only. You eat carbs, for God's sake. Carbs. Carbs are delicious and essential. Absolutely. Everybody eat your carbs. Like all of them. Whole of if you've taken me. one thing from this episode, <laughs> please go out, have some carbs. Have some Eat carbs. Your carbs. Yeah. And like, and like, I love Emily, but she's also, you know, not a very nice person. I don't even, I don't even really like Andy's friends that much. Like the people we're supposed to be relating yeah. to is like the average Joe. I don't know. They also just like feel kind of mean to me. I can understand. I, I feel like okay. was it Lily, the one yeah. with the art gallery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seemed nice. She's, and Lily was, was like, fine. And really like, excited to receive some gifts. She was excited to receive gifts, and that was like a nice scene. And I mean, I guess everyone is excited to receive gifts. Yeah, but like, I don't know. She seemed really happy. I mean, <laughs> she. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was the maybe it was that right after uh, what's his face Christian kisses Andy on the cheek. And then she like accuses Andy of cheating, which I just I don't know. it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Is that like her boyfriend clearly was not thrilled about her job and all the changes? And I understand that there was a whole thing where people for a while were like, the real villain of Devil Wears Prada is actually her boyfriend because he doesn't understand that she's like trying to get a new job and all these things. And so when I watched the movie, I was trying to pay attention like from that perspective because again, it had been a while since I'd seen it. And I'm like, I mean, I guess he could have been more understanding that her job is very demanding and she can't really change that or else she will lose her job. But also it's got to suck if, like, the person you're with is suddenly completely busy and any alone time you do have together, the moment her phone goes off, she is like, I have to get this. Yeah, I don't and know. And so I get, I get it from both ends. But when her friend called her out on that, I can understand going up and being like, hey, what was that? You're yeah. seeing someone. Can Certainly, you, uh, fill me in. Questions a would arise, but I always, I feel like, I feel like if I was in a public place and I and I was in a committed, loving relationship, but somebody who I've been kind of flirty with a little bit kissed me, like I wouldn't push the person away because I'm in a. I don't yeah. know. I don't like when like people are like, "You didn't fight that person off." That means you're interested. Like, it's like right. no, it would have been so weird if she'd pushed Christian off, and that doesn't right? necessarily mean and that she's going to make a scene at her friend's like, yeah, gallery like, show. It just, it just, it bugged me. It bugged me, but I'm also, as I've said several times, because this movie just made me more anxious. I'm just an anxious person, so I feel like if I had a friend who was like, "I'm sorry, I have to take my work my work call," I'd be like, "No, we understand. Like that's a very stressful situation." Yeah. And of course, it would be grating to have that be like your friend is always taking the the work calls. And I think I think there's something to be said for later when Nate is like, the person whose calls you'll always take, that's the relationship you're in, because I feel like what we're getting at is she starts to want to take Miranda's calls. 
I feel like the movie could have made that a little bit stronger if that's the direction we wanted to go. But like, I just felt bad for Andy the whole time. And I also would have answered the phone because I would have been scared of yeah. Miranda and dealing with that. So I, you know, would have taken my chances with my friends and hoped they'd understand yeah. rather than... I do think it sort of takes a turn where she skips out on Nate's birthday party, though. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, I know that work is your scary job and everything, but, like, it's your boyfriend's birthday. Go and, like, I don't know, that feels like a really important thing. At the very least... Again, I get it because Miranda's very scary, but try to leave early. It's it's hard because with Miranda as your boss, I really feel like if Andy had tried to be like, hey, I have to go, important thing, Miranda would have been, I don't know, made some sort of comment and then made her life hell and tried to do the thing with the Harry Potter book again. Right. So I understand her not doing it but at the same time it is also her so much of that I was like I see I see both sides too much to really draw enough of a line yeah, I don't I, know I, I think of myself I as think... a person with a good like work non-work life divide and if I'm off the clock I'm off the clock but also my boss is not like Miranda right yeah. like yeah so it's easy for me to sit here and be like, I would simply not take the call right. because right. that is not at all the same situation. Right. I think, I, and I think just like in general in my life, I tend to prioritize the people that are really important to me more than like work or anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I try and be there for people that I care about. So it's hard for me to imagine being in a similar situation mm-hmm. where like, you know, work is so stressful and like you know I I feel like I would have to do these things or else I would get fired and like and also like being in that be like kind of wanting to be in that situation like like obviously you don't want to be in obviously she wishes that Miranda would be nicer (laughs) to her but like she also like wants to get ahead and like think about her career and like what that's gonna mean for her future and stuff and like I don't have those kinds of aspirations <laughs> like I, I would much rather like hang out with friends or like That's hang weird. out with Nate <laughs> yeah like, yeah it's hard because like if I if I were in a relationship I would I would hella be there for their birthday yeah I would if I were Nate I would also be upset Right. I don't know. And so I, I get it, but also we are seeing Andy's point of view, and I can see how from Nate's point of view, you'd be like, leave early, try to get some sort of time. But again, we are watching, and we're like, she can't just right. leave early. That's I not what would, Miranda Priestley allows. I would feel every emotion felt by everyone in every single <laughs> in the movie is the problem. So I'm just, just like, like oh, uh, it's too much. This is too much. Capitalism sucks. Yeah. Oh, such... Also, I did not like, and again, I know it's meant to be sort of like, she's working her way to the top and trying to, like, earn Miranda's approval, which means a lot because Miranda rarely ever approves of everything or of anything, but so much, like, being on call or on, you have to be prepared 24-7, and then she would have to, like, work late, and then they would call her super early in the morning, and I'm like, 
capitalism made this movie. Yeah, yeah, and right, they're the yeah. ones who are like, yeah, this is this is a life that we're glamorizing. Yeah. You should want to do this. And I'm like, no one should want to do that. That's not good for you. No. Yeah. Maybe that's what stressed me out, too. Maybe. So, are Andy and Nate going to do, like, a long-distance thing from New York to Boston? Is that... I couldn't get a I, I feel know. on the end of it. Because, like, they sort of, like, patch things up, and she's like, oh, I'm really glad that you got this job in another city. And I was like, wait, are they... Did they really patch things up? And he's like, yeah, like, well, if you can come by, I'll make you a grilled cheese. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds How like... How far away are New York and Boston? Everything on the East Coast is, like, close enough They've got to be, like, two hours, three hours. Right, but when you go from living together to living in different cities and you have this commute. I don't know. I got the impression that they were, like, at least going to try patching things up again. I mean, weekend visits are when the grilled cheeses are going to happen. That's my understanding of it. Like, I don't think they're just jumping right back into being back together. I think they're trying it out again. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I saw that it was like the New York mirror and I'm like, Oh well if you if you get that, that's that's not Boston. And not that she should have to uproot her life to follow him, but I I was so confused when she was telling Emily about her weekend plans with her dad, and she was like, we're going to see Chicago. I thought this was New York. And yeah. then, and yeah. yeah, that was confusing for that me. That was confusing. I forget that that's a show. It's a, yeah. Oh, I was really surprised Emily got hit by a cab. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did Didn't you? Didn't see that coming. I feel like that's part of what makes it easier for Andy to take the Paris thing is that like Emily was just hit by a car and we see her later and she has like basically her whole leg in a cast and a brace and And so it's easier to justify at that point like she was just hit by a car she probably can't like do too much moving around anyway even if both of us went like Miranda's still gonna need help with things so I think I feel like she probably still would have made the same choice even if Emily hadn't got gotten hadn't been hit by a cab and I don't know but having that seems like it was easier to nudge her easier towards to yeah. Yeah, it does let her off the hook a little yeah, bit a little, yeah. yeah instead of just ruining Emily's life yeah. her life is ruined in other ways yeah. several ways yeah poor Emily I just want her to not have that job anymore. Right. Yeah, I just Emily want things for Emily. Anybody. <laughs> I mean anybody, but like looking yeah. at Emily, I'm like, please. Yeah. Know your worth. Get out of there. Yeah. How did you feel about Christian the magazine guy? He was smarmy. Christian the magazine guy. I don't it's different if he's interested in Andy and then she's like oh, I've got a boyfriend, and he's like, my B, and backs off, and then doesn't, like, he's not mentioned the boyfriend ever, and then sort of later he tries to, like, test the waters again and be like, so are you still single? Like, how's that going? Um, And then if she rebuffs him again, like, fine. But it's the fact that, like, he mentions the boyfriend as if he knows that they're still together. I guess that could also be an an opportunity for her to be like, well, actually but 
I don't like when people keep doing that <laughs> as we shouldn't. No means no. But it just bothered me by the time that he was actually in Paris. Because I'm like, yeah. sure, this time she is single. But, like, dude, you keep mentioning it. Let it go. Well, so he just bothered me from the get-go because he wouldn't stop doing that. I I initially liked him more than Nate. I can't remember the last time I saw this movie before yesterday. But... Mm-hmm. um. When I was watching it, I was like, I know he's going to turn out to be problematic in some way, but how how is that? Because I I, I was into him. I liked him more than Nate. I don't dislike Nate. I just I like he doesn't he dislike me. He doesn't give me any strong feelings. But I was like, oh, Christian, you're fun. I'm attracted to I'm attracted to him. And then and then and then he just becomes more of a jackass the whole film. And then I got really mad when they're in Paris and she says no like three times when they're kissing by the lamppost and he just keeps she's like, Oh, I'm out of excuses and it's like, Thank God I'm like, No, she said no three different ways, my dude. Yeah. You gotta not be doing this and then I don't know, he's just a dick in the morning. Like I have no problem with replacing Miranda. I don't I don't care that he's part of this like underhanded betrayal scheme. He's just so flippant in the way that he talks about it that I don't I don't like that. And then he never shows up again after that. He never shows like, up that's again. Fine. That's we fine. Don't, we don't see him again. Yeah. I don't eh. I was disappointed we turned out to be bad. I was like kinda of wanted like an actual romantic rival instead of just a dick. Oh but... I hate love triangles, so I was like, God no. Well love don't triangles do are this. so often like one person is almost always objectively better like in this case yeah it's Nate like but if but if there's a general like if there's an actual tug because you can see why the usually it's the lady would be conflicted about which man to choose like then I'm like okay this could be an interesting character study or like you know a dilemma plus audiences love choosing which team they're on and deciding like which one do I ship them with which one would I date like that's fun for audiences so the beginning I was like I date Christian and I was like no at the end like you (laughs) suck I hate you you're the worst and I knew that from the get go congrats I know thanks yeah I didn't like him I don't like love triangles because I feel like either it is genuinely split and then it's just stressful because you're worried about whether or not the ship you like will be the one that prevails in the end. Or there's like a clear, like technically there's a love triangle, but really you know how it's going to work out. In which case I'm like, then what's the point? Or like it's not, it's it's bothersome. Instead of giving a female character a plot or personality, they give a love triangle, and then it's bad when that's a substitute for anything else for the lady. And I don't like it. Yeah. So, no, I didn't like Christian from the get-go. I learned my lesson. Good. Also, blonde men in general. It's harder at first to win it over. I don't know. I'm into it. I was like, I like his blonde hair. Fine. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. It's just how. It's, <laughs> it's just Sorry, how. blonde men. There's nothing yeah. wrong. That's just color. how it be. Yeah. I did like the scene with um, sad makeupless Miranda mm-hmm. talking yeah. about her <laughs> upcoming divorce. Yeah, that's like to see her is just kind of like she's still Miranda and she's still kind of the worst. And like it's all about like like she does mentioned that she's upset for her daughters Mm -hmm. but also like it's mostly figuring out how to deal with the press and like page six which i guess is like 
that's like the is that the tablet page the society page yeah yeah, I don't know. It was just a good scene. Yeah, it was, was a good scene. Good scene. That, that scene, the cerulean sweater speech scene. She had, she had some good Meryl Streep. She had some good Meryl Streep. Also, I do like, because I don't think, according to the IMDb trivia page, who knows how legit that is, but supposedly it was not written that she had to like speak in these quiet, soft, like alarmingly mm-hmm. calm tones, but she just did it and a lot of people liked it and it worked and it does work because I think of the times when I was younger and like sure I don't ever want to be in trouble but like if a parent is yelling that's one thing but when the parent gets really quiet and you're in public and they're like do not do this and that's that's the scarier one because you're like oh god the explosion is coming later (laughs) and you have to worry about it and so I thought it was much more intimidating than if she had been like barking orders or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, oh, but one thing that I did think was interesting was that I feel like there was a moment that had several tip-offs that, like, this is not the life Andy would want. And it didn't ever seem like she was taking those in. And then the moment where Miranda screwed over Nigel was the moment where she was like, oh, okay, that's too much. But, like, Nigel, when he said that he got that one job. He's like, finally, for the first time in 18 years, I can have my own life and I can do all these things. And I'm like, Andy, you said you would try to stick it out for like a year and it's been stressful. And he's had to do this for 18 years and is finally maybe getting a chance at getting out and then still didn't happen. And Miranda's marriage was ruined because of it. And I guess maybe someone could argue that that's also just Miranda being herself and kind of overbearing and harsh and strict but and then I think there was something else too but again I'm like it it looks like this is not a thing you would want but it doesn't ever seem like those are clicking with her everybody wants to be us everybody wants to be us no yeah, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really succeed. It also doesn't fail. It's just like, it's it's like a movie that I enjoy watching from time to time when I feel like being stressed out and looking at <laughs> fun outfits. But like, I, 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 I don't know that it has a moral or a message or that everything needs to have, you right. know, an opinion or, or some kind of moral thing. I just like, sometimes I get mixed messages. There's an ink on your wall. There it goes. Behind you. It's climbing. There it goes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's smaller. I, there was a really big ant Ooh. in here yesterday. It was like a, it was like a cat. Oh, um, and you're like, this is Illinois. Yeah. Bugs don't no, like that. Wasn't, it wasn't quite that big. But yeah, I let it outside. So hopefully this isn't the same one as the other one. I'm not very good at killing things anymore. Oh, I don't. I, just... I try not to. When we were at the bachelorette party, Zach and I were about to go to bed. And then we saw a centipede. And we both were like... Because we have to, like, take the elevator up to our room and we're going to have to take the elevator. We weren't supposed to go through, like, the bar. We're also, like, in our pajamas and whatnot. And we didn't want to walk out back. And I was like, what are we going to do? And so Zach just took a cup and then just stuck it over (laughs) and was like, we'll deal with it in the morning and it can stay here now. And I'm like, what if someone moves the cup? And he said, then they'll scream and it will be funny. And I'm like, that's a good (laughs) point. The cup was not there in the morning. I never heard anything. I don't know whatever happened to this. So, took the cup and left. Yeah. 
Hope the centipede's Lifted okay. Lifted it straight up. <laughs> Develop superpowers. Yeah. 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 But, uh, no, Devil Wars Prada's fun. The, the hard thing for me is that one of my favorite, favorite, favorite shows is The Bold Type. And that's about three women who are like 20-somethings who work at a magazine. And Kat does digital and Sutton does fashion and Jane does writing. And Jacqueline is their editor-in-chief and she's wonderful. And so it's just hard to see like an editor-in-chief of Scarlet Magazine, which I'm so, I always imagine to be sort of a cross between like 17 and Cosmopolitan. Slightly older than 17, slightly younger than Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Um and just how they talk about what the magazine means to people. Like, I know Nigel has that moment where he mentions what it meant to him. But on the bold type, they also mention, like, what the magazine means to others, sort of. And they're like, yes, it's not just saying that these are... I can't think of what Jacqueline says, and I'm not as good as her. So it's not going to sound good, so I'm not going to say it. But it's just hard because I really love that show, and I love... The, the whole magazine world so I think it's interesting because that's something I've been wanting to do since I was like 16 so like a decade and I wonder if I had seen The Devil Wears Prada when I was 16 and was like oh I want to work in like the world of publications knowing obviously that it's a movie and these are characters right. But how that would have affected things, or if I would have seen it differently. Because watching it now, still a person who wants to work in, like, the publication world was like, oh, not that one, though. I no, mean, no, I feel not like... That. And I, I would like to think that no one's takeaway is like, <laughs> what a dream, man. Yeah. But cool. just coming fresh off of The Bold Type, which tragically finished its final season earlier. Great show, five seasons, recommend it. Um, I don't know. I'm like, it's good. It's no bold type. Nice try, though. So, it's it's an enjoyable movie, but with that fresh in my brain, brought it down a little bit. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No. <laughs> no. Great. I was expecting a, a Miranda, that's all. Oh, that would have been better, yeah. That's than what I did. All right. So for the next episode, in the summer of 1999, three film students set off into the woods of upstate New York to make a documentary about a local legend, an immortal witch who has been the cause of strange happenings and disappearances in the area since the 1600s. With a tent, a backpack full of food, and a very shaky camera, the three decide that they're going to get to the bottom of the mystery, even if it kills them. I know this is a short intro, but you already guessed it. For the next time, it's the Blair Witch Project. Woo! Woo! Blair Witch Project. So one of... This is going to be a longer intro. (laughs) (laughs) One of my strongest TV-watching memories from when I was a child is in middle school, I was watching something on the Sci-Fi Channel, and they were doing promos for the Blair Witch Project, which I think at the time they were like showing it as a one-time event before it hit theaters or something. It was, it was something like that. But anyways, like, they hyped it up as, like, based on a true story and, like, recently discovered footage and stuff like that. And I was, and I still am, like, the most gullible. <laughs> so I was immediately, like, 
enraptured and terrified of this movie like 12 year old me or whatever it was i read a lot of books about local legend monsters and stuff classic and folklore and like i was only in a non-fiction as a child but i only read books about monsters <laughs> <laughs> so i was convinced that many of these things were real and like to see a film that was coming out was both like right up my alley and slightly too scary to think about so i never wound up watching it but it's I've been sort of enamored with the idea of this movie for like 20 years now. Oh, and I'm very excited to finally get to see it. You are beaming right now. I am so yeah. I'm so excited for this one. This one is going to be it's going to be great. I'm so excited for you. I'll probably think it's like a 6 afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fine. Classic 6. But yeah. yeah, Blair Witch Project. It's no Titanic, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely I definitely have like very strong emotions around this movie that I've never seen and only know of from love like that. commercials <laughs> if on, anything, this, on the old sci fi channel. It makes me kind of bitter that I saw it a couple months ago because Is I'm it? like, no, then I could also be excited with David. And yeah. now I'm like, I've seen it and I can like get excited on your behalf, but not, yeah. not the same. Like, I also have never seen it. Well, that's a bummer. Have you seen it? Right. Only you, David. I'm gonna I'm gonna need at least one of you to watch it with me though. <laughs> I can do that. Just cause or do No, I will. <laughs> just I, I, I like watch horror it movies. home alone with all the lights off. Yeah. I like horror movies. I'm just also kind of a chicken. So You two watch it and then you text me when you're watching it and I'll just make really large like <laughs> pounding noises. <laughs> really on the large door. noises. <laughs> really large noises. Yeah. Just large. Just in case I'm asleep again. <laughs> before, no, just asleep. Yeah. Before they came over to my apartment, I was taking a nap and I set my alarm and it didn't go off. So Allie got here. It was like, I'm on time finally. And I yeah, was just, I was on time. I was asleep for like, how long was it? Like Maybe, 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was on your porch for like 10 minutes. Yeah, and I woke yeah. up, I had like 14 times. <laughs> Of people like trying to get a hold of me while I'm just like passed out on my couch. I sometimes, when I get yeah. here before Hallie, lock her out. And so she thought it was just me like just, really sticking to it. I'm really committing this time and I was pissed. Like I was really <laughs> mad. And I was stopped at a red light and was like, no, I'm, I'm still driving. Like I'm not there. At first you didn't believe me. I did not. Yeah, so next time, Blair Witch yeah, Project. Blair, Blair Witch Project. Project. Yeah. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada. That was this episode. Yeah, that was fine. Detective Pikachu was last episode. <laughs> Haven't put that one up yet. Uh, but it will be by the time you listen to this. Yeah. We're getting there. So, um, anyways. What, what episode number is this? This is 46. Getting, getting closer. So close. yeah. yeah. Blair Witch Project. Whatever comes after that, whatever comes after that, my turn. Yay! We should give him more turns. Listeners, <laughs> let we'll us see, know. We'll see how this next movie goes. We'll and then decide if we'll it comes back next... like the last movie. We'll see. We'll see how the next one goes. And then maybe, listeners, you can decide whether or not we have more Catching Up Hallie and Kristen episodes. Or if it should stick to once every 25, <laughs> which turns out to once a year. Yeah. I guess we could make it 
like a, a twice a year. Right? <laughs> right. Biannual. <laughs> if we even happen, it would just be twice a year. Yeah. Maybe Anyways. a little bit unfair. No, I mean, it's it's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what you, the listeners, want though. And, time will uh, tell. Time will tell. So until next time. So long, Hallie. So long, David. Goodbye, Kristen. Goodbye, David. And good night, listeners.